Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? Well, we've got a 14th Doctor then. We have, yes. It's been announced. Um, by this, certainly by the time anyone listens to this, it'll be uh, it'll be old news. But yes, uh, and I don't think it's, it, it's someone that anyone really guessed. Uh, I never saw nice him thing. mentioned in all the, uh, oh, it's going to be David Tennant. Oh, it's yeah. going to be Danny Dyer. What? I never saw him his yeah. name pop up. What I thought was really good, uh, um, listening to an interview with um, Russell T Davis, and they they leaked nonsense at the time. So like the David Tennant leak. The oh, was that Danny done Dyer by leak, them? That was done by uh, Bad Wolf and Russell T Davis. A to throw sort of the scent off, but B just to to see how far these things go. It's like I sort of salute that. I go, yeah, okay, I'd, I'd do that as well. If also, I you know, to see who you can trust. You tell someone yeah. in confidence, and if it goes exactly, to the papers, yeah. you, you you can narrow your uh, suspects. Because you just yeah, you just tell everyone someone different, and next day when it's in the papers, you know exactly who's blabbed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so your your Danny Dyer fears were unfounded. Yes, I continue with Doctor Who for uh, one more Doctor at least. Um, and uh, just uh, it's very Groundhog Day just like when Matt Smith was announced uh, it was a case of who and yes. uh, didn't didn't know who Matt Smith was and don't don't know anything about Shooty apart from the fact that it, he has played an Eric yes yeah he's played an Eric so that's uh, that's a bonus for you I've seen him in one thing well I've seen one thing that he's in I don't remember him in it uh, but I watched the Horrible Histories movie about six months ago, thoroughly enjoyed it, but I don't. I must admit, I, other than a couple of the main line cast, I don't remember anyone that was in it. Um, but yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, from our point of view, uh, uh, an unknown, which I think is probably a really good move mm. um, on the on the production company's uh, sort of side, because had they gone with a well-known face, dodgy, and it? it's it generally doesn't work out. How many times have, <coughs> has there been a doctor that wasn't a well-known face? Because Tom Baker was relatively unknown, wasn't he? Yeah, he so, so William, William Hartner was, was well-known as a movie star. Pat Troughton was very, very well-known as, as a movie and TV star. Mm -hmm. John Pertwee was very well-known as a radio um, yep. sort of musical type. And he had gone into acting. Star. I mean, he had already done yes. his uh, carry-ons and stuff, exactly, hadn't he? Exactly, yeah. yep. Tom Baker was, although, was an unknown, but he had done a couple of films before. Um, but from the public's point of view, was was unknown. Peter Davison was probably one of the best known. He was, wasn't it? All creatures, he, yeah, great and small. Yeah, and he carried on doing other stuff at the same time, like sink or, sink or swim, and stuff like that. So he was very well known. Colin Baker was well known, but to a sort of the previous generation. Mm. Sylvester McCoy was well known, but for the wrong thing. Yeah, the bloke off Tiz was. Yeah, yeah the bloke off Tiz was, or one of the O Men. Um, 
Then, then you got Paul uh, McGann. Paul McGann. He was quite well known, mainly for being the guy that missed out on Sharp because he yeah. played a football match on like the first week of filming and broke his leg, and they immediately sacked him. So, yeah. um, then we've got old David. Uh, oh, Chris Eccleston. Oh, Christopher he Eccleston. Was, he was very well known. Yes. He was chosen because he was a, a name draw. Yes. Yeah, David Tennant was sort of oh, he was a bit part known. He was more he? a support Danny actor, yes, wasn't he? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had Matt Smith, totally Who? unknown, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Peter Capaldi, very well known, but for basically one part. Mm -hmm. um, and then Jodie Whittaker, well known, but again for sort of one thing, Broadchurch, wasn't yes. it? So, yeah. Yeah, so it's, they've been a mixed bag, haven't they? Yep, yep. So good luck to your shooty. Um, yeah, very good luck to you. Yeah, as we said, you know, when Jodie Whittaker was announced, don't really care about the actor, just want an entertaining show with engaging, enjoyable stories. Yeah, you know? have, have a story with a beginning, middle and end, no silly stuff, and um, yeah, just get on with it. Mm. Do some good monsters. Uh, I don't know why any actor would want to do it now. Mm, you said it, yeah. to me the other day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like because it's it's a it's almost a career killer, isn't it? To be honest, and it's also a you've immediately opened yourself up to just absolute hatred. Yep. From yeah, I don't think you can win, can you? No, no. Oh no. dear. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Luck. yeah. Fandom, man. <coughs> fandom, oh, no, and um, I, I, I don't know if if this guy, you know, is a fan of the show. Of course, I've seen interviews with him, and and he's effusive, and yes. uh, and you know, saying how excited he is. But of course, he's got to say that. No he's one's going to go. Yeah. Oh, what? It's a job. Yeah, because it? It, it turned out. I mean, you watch sort of early interviews with Jodie Whittaker where she said, "Oh no, it's I've loved it." And then obviously afterwards, she went, "No, I've never seen it before. No mm. idea. Mm. Doing it as a job." And I don't think that's a bad thing. But yeah, I, um, yeah, he, he seems to. At least know of the show. Yes. So uh, good Which luck to you, fella. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, Let's good see luck. what happens next year. Um, one thing I'm not too happy about while uh, while reading all the stuff about him. Did you read that? Because it got me very depressed. This is the very first Doctor that was born after the classic series was really? cancelled. Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> he wasn't alive when Sylvester McCoy was still on screen. Well, it's like policemen, and they get younger as you get older. Yes. And it's it's when the immortal time lord gets younger. That's when you've got to start worrying. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. because he, he's not he's not the youngest, is he, Matt? I think Matt Smith. Matt Smith's still, still the, youngest, the youngest, but he was born before yeah. you know the show was cancelled. This guy wasn't. So. That's uh, mad, isn't it? Mm. That's true. It's like when you see, you like see a film and they go, uh, "This was released this this month, forty years ago," and you go, "What? I went to see that." Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, shocking. Yeah, we're getting old, Eric. We are getting very old. Yes, yes. All right. Well, let's go back to uh, a, a story that was uh, out well Bef before, before you were born. born. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Before I was born. Yeah, and no, I, I, I wasn't that old. You were, you were about eighteen. Right? <laughs> I was six. I was six. six when this came out. So, would you watch this? No, no. Yeah. I, I have, I have no memory <clears throat> of the first two Doctors whatsoever. And I don't think your family were very sci-fi. My so. mum certainly wasn't. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what was on ITV on a no, you know Saturday, yeah. Saturday tea time when I was six years old. 
Probably um, some racist thing. Yeah. <clears throat> it probably been like Wheel Tappers and Shunters Club. Do you remember that? Oh, that was awful. Oh, God, I hated that. Yeah, yeah. I never understood why why the appeal of going to those sort of working men's clubs, if that's what it was like. I, I used, used to, to go, go to them. Why would, did you? you I used, used to, to go to, to Yeah, my yeah. mum, where she worked, it had a social club. And, wow. you know, we very often would go to shows where you would have... As bad as, you know, the one on TV was, when you have, you know, local ones, that's even worse. And they were bad. My only abiding positive memory on, little aside here, we will talk about Doctor Who in a minute, of going to that social club was we used to go there every New Year's Eve, we would go there. Mm. And I had absolutely no interest in any of the nonsense that was going on. But they had a TV room. Back in the days when social clubs had a TV room and it was a room with a TV and you had just lots of armchairs where people can watch TV. Yeah. And so I can, through the fog of cigarettes. Oh, like. it stank. That social club stank. Oh. It, it really did, you know. And it was a proper Phoenix Knights style, yeah. you know, school, horrible yeah. place. It stank, you know. It had the pool tables and it oh, awful. Beer mats soaking wet. Um, yeah. That's an abiding memory. But no, one memory I do have is a New Year's Eve there. And while that nonsense was going out on the dance, going on on the dance floor, watching I Married a Monster from Outer Space. Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that. All right, I don't know how we got onto social clubs and things like that. Okay, so yeah, Mind Robber today then. The Mind mind Robber. robber. Yes, now this is a very interesting story in that it's a miracle that it got made, isn't it? Yeah, it it is, yeah. Everything went wrong with the, the story it was meant to be. Um, everything pretty much went wrong with this story, but they they carried on, didn't they? They they sort of um, turned adversity into an advantage. Um, yeah, nowadays it would just been it would be like shard it had just been scrapped. Yeah. But back then you you just couldn't afford to do it. It's like something had to go out. Yeah. Well, um, back when yeah. it was a four part story, they barely had any money. But then when no. that. They were told because of the Dominators, the story before yeah. this, um, you know, there was a gap in the schedule and it had to become a five-parter, didn't it? Yes. So that's yeah, why episode, episode yeah. yeah, that's why episode one has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of it. And it is complete filler, episode one. Oh, I mean, to be fair, this entire story is, is complete filler, realistically, um, but it's stylish filler. But it's bloody good timing as well, because if suddenly you've been told, and it had all been um, handed in, hadn't it? It was written by Peter Ling, four-part story. Then they're told, no, you've got to preface it with a fifth episode, episode one. And that's when Derek Sherwin had to come up with something. And I think if it had been any other story uh, other than when you're dealing with you know, fiction and what is real and what is fantasy, you know, it wouldn't have worked. If this had been a Dalek story and suddenly, no, no, with, with absolutely no budget whatsoever, you had to come up with 20 minutes to preface the four-parter, you couldn't have done it. And that, I think, would have been a Sharda moment. Yeah, I, I think the it, it fits weirdly, although, like you say, it's got nothing to do with the rest of it, really. It fits very well to the four episodes that come after it. It's one of those stories that when you think when you think about it afterwards, not a lot of it makes much sense. But I think that's sort of the point. Um, but there's so many. It's sort of this this story generates so many fan theories about what actually, what is actually going on in it. 
Oh, that's interesting because I don't know anything about fan theories on this story. Yeah, I mean, they're ranging from sort of it's all in the Doctor's mind, none of it actually happens. Um, you know, right up to, I mean, I, I've seen ones where, like, because the, the, the bad guy in this is called the Master, but it's obviously the Master. The it takes Master. Place, yeah. yeah, it takes place in the uh, um, the Matrix. That's why it's so surreal. Uh, it's like, you can write whatever you want onto this and it would probably fit. Yes, yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, it's... It's one of those where it's just a it's a cracking adventure, but yeah, it doesn't make any sense when you think about it afterwards. You're trying to, especially like us, we're watching it with an eye to tying it all together and what goes here, what goes there, what does this mean, what's the symbolism. You know, it, I don't think it is. I think it's literally a case of we're pointing the camera at you lot, do something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We've got to uh, we've got to remember that when we. Yes. Uh, discuss this. So, yeah. shall we get started? Yes. I, just one other thing to say about it, just before we start the plot. Um, most most Doctor Who stories benefit from watching it in like on DVD and that. This one suffers the most. Episode one suffers terribly because you suddenly realise that what's meant to be a white void <laughs> is a studio set with uh, cardboard. Yes. Lent against the walls. Um, yeah, I'm surprised they. They didn't try and sort of adjust the contrast or something when they... Uh, but when they something we it. repeatedly yeah. say, small TVs, terrible yeah. reception. Um, um, you, I don't think you would have seen the join between the wall and the no, floor. No. Well, you, did, you um, never even saw it on the VHS, the original VHS. Oh, well, there version, you go. You never saw it, so... There you go. Yeah. But, oh. uh, but yeah, let's, shall, shall we start on the plot? Let's <laughs> see delve. if we can make head and a tail of it. Yes, let's delve in. No? Uh, oh dear, it's here somewhere. Found it? Yes, yes, that's the one. Uh, just a little bit more power. And read off the meter for me, will you, Zoe? Reading 990. Yes. One. Good. Two. Fine. Three. Ah! Quiet, Jamie. Oh. Uh, what's been happening? Four. Yeah. Steady at four. Oh, no. Uh, There's something wrong. Five. Good. Six. Nine. Seven. Eight. Oh, you let it creep up now. I, I don't want to blow the fluid links again. Just a, the most peculiar dream. There was this big white horse with a horn right in the middle of his head and... and a unicorn. Eh? Aye, probably. Eh? He was charging straight towards me. Nine, nine, eight. Head down, ready for the kill. I thought oh, any more. Really, Jamie, your imagination is... What's the matter? I don't... Jamie, look. Doctor? Hmm? Oh, what's up? Uh, quiet, Jamie, quiet. Um, harking back to the, uh, the origins of the show... Uh, the fluid links fluid are playing yes. up. We have we fluid links. We haven't them in a while, have we? No. Um, nice, nice little nod. Now, now, now a fan base would be going, ah, fan service, ah. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, that's lovely. I wonder how many people watching it got the reference. Or he indeed remembered it, because this is, yeah. you know, um, um, what, uh, five years before yes. the last times it, it was mentioned, there were these mercury link things. Um yeah, and uh, yeah, they're going to be engulfed in lava. So uh, you know, to escape, they 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 retreat from reality, don't they? Yeah, this is this is really weird because we we've had this a couple of times in Troughton's stories, like the Crotons and that, where 
where something's going to happen to to that could damage the TARDIS, even though the Doctor is sort of vaguely confidently says the TARDIS is indestructible, no one really believes him. Um, and you've had things like the HADS, you know, the displacement system. Um, and this time it's something new, and it? The Doctor basically said, yeah, he goes, um, the, the only thing I can do is remove the TARDIS from reality itself. Hmm. Which is a, a weird concept to do. I, I'd love to know where this came from. Desperation is where it Desperation. comes from. <laughs> but they could have easily. I mean, now you probably wouldn't. You wouldn't describe it. That you'd gone. Oh, I, I'll, I'll remove ourselves from this this uh, this plane of existence. We'll go into the multiverse or something. But then, yeah, we're just we're I'm, we're leaving reality. And at, at that point, when he, he he uses, I mean, that very very handy just under the console bit of kit, mm. <laughs> and he puts it puts it on and uses it. And from that point on, yeah, none of this takes place in reality. No. Whether it takes place as far as the companions are concerned, and I, it's difficult to say. Is this all in the Doctor's mind? Well, if it is in the Doctor's mind, that can excuse the um, the photo blow-ups that they're yes, using for exactly, the back wall yeah. of the TARDIS, apart from the one that's got the door in it. That's quite yeah. jarring on a big TV. Yeah, what? Because because this episode one there was no money for sets, so so everything's so you like when they leave the TARDIS it's literally just meant to be a white void. There's no set needed, and we see a lot of the TARDIS interior, but it's not it's not TARDIS interior as you would expect. It's like just stock spaceship parts. Yes, this um, power room where, yeah. the, where 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 the Doctor is that was that made up of spare f- floats that they had yeah. you're not floats are you ever mean you know it's just hanging yeah. panels isn't it that's all that was because yeah, that's yeah, all that they could find yeah mate i mean you know the the phrase they made it out of whole cloth pretty mm. much that's that's literal in this yeah so you've got lots of billowy walls and things like that yeah it's, it's made from nothing but it's nice to see a bit extra of the tardis what is jarring and it it sort of was in Trout the Sun, because the TARDIS, unlike, say, Hartnell's Sun, where they tried to keep a bit of continuity for the TARDIS, in, in Trout's time, depending on the needs of the story, is what you got TARDIS-wise. And it's really weird, because at one at one shot, they're looking at the console, and they, they pan around a little bit, and you can see that all this new stuff is meant to be where the door is normally, or would mm. be in, like, Davison's time. And it's like, well, we've never seen that before. No, no. Um, I like the fact that the Doctor in this, you know, that, that they are nowhere, and he doesn't yeah. want to go outside. Um, no. I, we <coughs> well, stay he, in here until yeah. it's fixed, and then we can go back. Well, we, we sort of... It's never really explained, but the Doctor's frightened of something that's outside the TARDIS. Mm. So he doesn't want Jamie and Zoe to leave the TARDIS. He doesn't want to leave the TARDIS, and he constantly says to him, don't. And it's like he knows there's something out there. I mean, now you would get, like, you remember the um, that awful episode in David Tennant's with the uh, the dragon things. That if if you broke time, they would oh, come. And, mm, you remember? I can't remember mm. what they're called. They were called, reapers, reapers. That's the ones. Um, yeah, oh, you blind. Now you'd get something like that, wouldn't you? But then it was just a vague. No, there's something out there. Do you know this? Watching this because I've recently been rereading some of the Doctor annuals. And watching this, this is the closest the TV show ever came to a world distributor's annual story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see yeah. this being yeah. uh, drawn in the comic strip in the oh, annual. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. 
Um, and no bad thing for it, but yeah, it's, it's barking mad. But yeah, the doctor is terrified. He's sort of, no, don't go out. It's dangerous to leave the TARDIS. But then immediately, um, Jamie and Zoe start seeing on the monitor visions of, well, it's meant to be uh, the Scottish Highlands and whatever city Zoe came from. Brasilia. Is that what it is? It's Brasilia, apparently. Looks, look, looks very much like a map painting to me. But... It does, it does. Um, what do you think of uh, Zoe's sparkly catsuit? I, I, I think Zoe is very, very uh, alluring in this story. Um, yeah, I, it's incredibly tight. I yes. don't know how she breathed in it. Bless well, it. she famously ripped it, didn't she, yes. when she's like clinging onto the console um, later on. Um, yeah, and she goes outside and vanishes. She goes into the whiteness yes. and, and vanishes. Um, and Jamie runs out after her. And yeah, sheer desperation. All they've got is a completely white studio, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, like I say, uh, certainly on VHS, I remember watching this on VHS, and it was a white void, and you couldn't see anything. In this, I love it that J- Jamie sort of he looks over at the back wall, and he goes, um, there's nothing, there's nothing you can see. It's like, yes, you can. Yeah. You can see it. You can um, see the coving, the curved coving yeah, that they've exactly, got at the yeah. bottom of the floor. Um, yeah, between the uh, wall and the floor, haven't they? They they have, yeah. But we, we, we'll give them the uh, benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, but yeah, it's meant to be a white void. Uh, which is again, a very interesting idea. Um, and I, I can remember, like, before I'd ever seen this, um, like, you'd read fanzines and Doctor Who magazine and that, and it would mention this, this story in mythic tones, wouldn't it? Like, they go out into the white void. And the white robots are there. They're not white. <laughs> no, well... <laughs> they don't even look white in this. Certainly not in real life, they won't. They look very grubby in they this. They do. Very, very tatty. Which, I, you know, makes sense. They, they weren't exactly built for this. Um, but yeah, they, they hear this sort of... This clanky noise. Um, and then, yeah, we, we sort of see that something is watching them. Again, no one's got peripheral vision in Doctor Who. Nope. No, yeah. these white robots that aren't white, yes. uh, the rubby robots. Grubby um, robots. Again, they, Dirty robots. yeah, they needed a menace, and yeah. luckily these robots were left over from out of the unknown. Yes, yeah. from an Isaac Asimov story, a story called The Prophet, and um, yeah, they that they were designed by a lady we've we've mentioned before on the show, Daphne Dare, who was yes. Doctor Who's one of the designers, you know, in the early days. Yeah, I, um, I like them. They like I say, they look they look grubby as anything, but I do like them. They're, I think it's, it's quite a nice robot design. There's something odd between the eyes. That, that, yes. That, that 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 panel there. I think it's just a bit of duct tape or something. I think so. It look it looks very much like they've been held together with tape and that. Um, but I like I quite like they got sort of almost sort of weird fox faces. I I really yeah. like them. I don't yeah, know how I, the I guys seeing out. I, no, I, I guess because no there seems to be light bulbs for the eyes in in those. Yes, yeah, I imagine they were hot because mm. they look like um, vulcanized rubber, don't they? They look like Michelin suits, mm. yeah, with with bits on them. Yeah, and yeah, great, great design, really creepy. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're good, um, and they're called white robots. But nothing in Doctor Who, nothing in um, in black and white is white because it flares too much under the lights, doesn't it? Yes. Would you like to hazard a guess as to what color they were? I have actually seen a color photo. They, I think they were various different colors, weren't they? They like. One was cream and one was sort of orangey. Or... Well, I, I, I saw that one of them is 
pretty much all grey, but yeah. most of the others were yellow with grey arms. Uh, yeah. um, much like, you know, the con console was like a, a, a pistachio green, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, because it showed as, as metallic on in black and white filming. Um, interestingly, they didn't bother repainting them white, because they repainted the TARDIS, didn't they? They painted the TARDIS yes. prop white for this. Um, they painted which, the horse yeah, white as well. They painted didn't the they? horse white. Yeah, they didn't like it, did it? Um, which is an unusual touch, um, but quite nice. And then, of course, yeah, the, the the robots grab Jamie and Zoe, and then we see these sort of um, visions of them, and they're all white as well. So they went to the effort of making white versions. Yeah, it's like Randall and Hopkirk. Yeah, when, yeah, when you see them all dressed in white like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's a this predates Battlestar Galactica, this, like famous Battlestar Galactica episode where. Um, these aliens take the, the crew and they've got these white flight suits and they went to great expense to do it and, that. and this was like this did it on on a fraction of the budget years before so yeah it's good, yeah good stuff but the doctor the doctor was hearing voices um, and I, I would I don't know who this is meant to be whether this is meant to be the master later on um, but yeah the doctor's hearing voices he doesn't seem surprised though does he no, which leads me to think: Has yeah. he been here before? Because yeah, he... I, I think he's definitely been here before. Yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah, he, it's like he's expecting someone. Then this this voice starts telling him stuff, and he, he he's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to listen to you. Like as if he knows. Yes. Has he dreamt of this place before? I know not. Before they go back into the TARDIS, one more thing about those white robots. Those uh, hexagonal weapons that they've got. Yes. Uh, they were designed by Jack Kine. So they, they were new for uh, for this show. They were in addition to the existing suits. They're nice. Yeah, we don't, we don't often get um, props that do anything. No. <laughs> that move. These do, and they, they were uh, uh, built by outside contractors because... I didn't realise this, but in 1968, right, the total yeah. amount of people working at the BBC on visual effects was 18. Wow. You only had 18 people for Smiling. the whole of the BBC's output. Um, so, I yeah. They were paid well. <laughs> I doubt it. No, I doubt it. Yeah. So the TARDIS takes off um, because the Doctor's got them back inside. Yeah, the, the Doctor TARDIS grabs takes them off. back in and yeah. flees from uh, non-reality. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we have that classic moment where the TARDIS very slowly uh, falls apart. Yeah, so, yeah, because J J Jamie immediately weirdly falls asleep and dreams of the unicorn. Oh, yes, I thought I... Yeah, which is Very Blade Runner. Yeah, very Blade Runner. We've, we, yeah, we'll, we'll be discussing that. So is, is Jamie a replicant? <laughs> Possibly. Um, is Zoe a doxy? No. Um, or in that, <laughs> that cat suit. suit. could be, yeah. <laughs> um... Have a Q and along. Yeah, so ja Jamie wakes up, and um, yeah, the TARDIS really leisurely explodes. Mm. Um, you can see you can see the bits of wire where they're pulling it yeah. apart, but it's a it's a great shot. And then weirdly, surreally, the console was on its own, floating in space with uh, Jamie and Zoe on it, and then. Uh, Zoe looks over and says the Doctor and then really does a terrible scream. That is the most awful scream yeah. isn't it? It's one of the it, worst ones I think yes. in Who. Yes. Um, and then we cut. It's a, another one of those we've mentioned this so many times on so many programmes where they see things that haven't happened yet. Yeah. And it cuts to a shot of the Doctor and he spins round. And it's like what? why is that so 
shocking that you would scream like that. Yeah. It just looks like he's asleep. It does, standing up. Yeah. Yeah, standing up. I like in this moment how, you know, just before, before we see um, Zoe's backside spinning in front of us, uh, there's a miniature shot of the console. They went to the trouble of making yes. the console and a little, little mini. Guys on it. Yeah. Little mini Zoe and Jamie, yeah. which I thought was quite nice. Do you think the guy that made the, the Zoe had to study Wendy Padbury? No, just yeah, stay there. Yeah, I'm just making... Can you climb back up on yeah. the console? I'm, I haven't got quite got the contours right. Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I, I need more plasticine. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you need more, goes Wendy. <laughs> um, and, and that's how episode one ends, with the yes. console uh, spiralling away. Yeah, uh, absolute, absolute filler, but stylish filler. Yeah, because, you know, when they land in episode two, that's pretty much how it was supposed to have started. Yes. They land with um, these tree trunks that look like uh, ice cream flakes. Yeah. I, I, I think episode one is, is one of the strongest episodes of this, which is remarkable when you think about it. Like I say, it was almost made up, you know, with, with days to go. Um, mm. it, it, it never went through any other proof checking or script editing it was just there you go get on with it mm. um and i think it holds up remarkably well i think it's a thoroughly enjoyable yeah if if unusual uh slice of doc two mm. yeah no i very often watch this episode on its own not bothered with the rest no i i think this is the yeah. trippiest it's the yes. trippiest oh. of the five episodes isn't it this i think probably the most trippy and and psychedelic that Doctor Who got in the 60s. Yeah, it's a shame that it's yeah. an all-white environment because, you yeah. know, I'd like to have seen it in colour. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Or, or yeah, it, a bit of budget that they could have built something. But yeah. Perhaps it wouldn't have worked as well. I yeah. don't know. I'll tell you what, it would be nice yeah. if it was in colour and instead of a white studio, you've got, like, a paisley studio to fit in yeah. with, you know, the psychedelia that was going on at the time. A real Sergeant Peppers-type yeah, yeah. look to it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, episode two, yeah, they, yep. they, they, they're in this forest and um, uh, Jamie is promptly turned into a photo cutout because yeah, again, we, we have desperation again because old Fraser went down with a case of chicken pox, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did, yeah. So weirdly, he must have been there for some of the filming or at least inserts. Um, and later on when he comes back, it's halfway through an episode. So it's very, very, very strange... Um, sequence of events, but so clever. Yeah, the, the Jamie uh, charges. He sees a red coat and charges at him. He's got natural uh, aversion to British soldiers. Um, Can I go do her? And, he <laughs> and I love it that yeah, the, the soldier shoots him in the face, and he's suddenly a cardboard cutout with no face. And then the, the the doctor has to make his face up. Troutman is brilliant doing that. Yeah, he's so funny. Did you see that rumor that went round? What that that. That cry that Jamie did that I yeah. don't know that you just said. Would you like Can to do I it do again? Yeah. yeah, I think it's for, uh, old Fraser put the rumour out that that's actually Gaelic for gin and tonic. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. right. I was going to say, I know Fra Fraser Hines made it up, didn't he? He said it was the battle cry of the McCrimmons. Yeah. But knowing, knowing Fraser Hines, yeah, it probably, it probably was that. Gin and gin tonic. And tonic. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not a bad battle cry to have. Yeah. Now, if, if you've got a companion going off sick with chicken yes. pox... What better time than in a story where everything is fantasy? Ah, because perfectly yeah, again, yeah. I mean, you know, we've had it in Doctor Who's history where, you know, William Hartnell wasn't well, so he yeah. has to, you know, 
bow out for like a whole episode or something because he's resting on a bunk or something. And uh, but no, here uh, we have a photo cutout <laughs> yeah. of Jamie. Yeah. Well, it, it, I mean, you, you can read what you want. Is that in it? Is is it the writers saying that these companions are sometimes two-dimensional and cardboard cutouts? Um, there's lots of writer in jokes and and you're going what what is the writer saying here mm. um on this show but um yeah to, again turning um turning what could have been a calamity into a positive for the episode because yeah the doc the doctor has to rebuild jamie's face and gets it wrong he's brilliant patrick Clark's brilliant and then suddenly we've got a new Jamie. And he's really good as well. I like Hamish. I think he's a he's a good Jamie. Well, he's a proper Scots as well. Yes, as a yeah. Glaswegian people who know the dialect say, no, that's it's too guttural. His his accent is not, you know, from the Highlands. Uh, it's proper Glaswegian, isn't it? Yes. But yeah. but before we get that, we get Zoe going through this door, right? Yes. And yeah, Zoe, Zoe is very. Um, uh, very uh, prone to accidents in this uh, story, isn't she? Keeps falling in things and falling against well, things. This and... door that she finds, again, yeah. they've got no money. That was supplied no. by Pinewood Studios. They lent them the door because they didn't have a, yeah. an, an adequate door at the BBC at the time. But this comedy pratfall that amazing, she does... That the BBC couldn't afford a door. Couldn't afford a cardboard door. Wow. But yeah, she goes through it and she does this comedy pratfall that Sarah yes. Jane would have been proud of, oh, I think. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean... We just said it's not Zoe's finest hour, is it? No, story? no. This story now, these four episodes, as I say, I, I prefer episode one because it's proper trippy. Yeah. Now we're getting into Panto. Now, yeah. all these guest characters that are going to be coming along. This could be a a stage production, couldn't it? Yes. Well, this reminds me very much of um, in the sort of late seventies, and I think went right to early eighties. Every Christmas, you would have a uh, John Inman's Christmas special type program on the BBC mm. or ATV and it would literally be uh, a very very sort of uh, loose panto story like you know Jack and the Beanstalk or Babes in the Woods and then the lead like John Inman would bump into different acts of the day Yeah, and it was like a, a way of getting a variety show with this vague loose story and this does feel like that yeah um, they're not well-known people, obviously, but um, yeah, it's like they keep bumping into these people that do their little act. Mm. Um, it, it's so unconnected, and there's no real plot, certainly for most of this story. No, for the rest of it, yeah, they sort of like wander in and wander yeah. back out again, like just like you say on a on on a John Inman show or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very much that. Like, I mean, and it, but it's all entertaining stuff, like. The, the doctor bumps into Gulliver, um, and it's um, Bernard, isn't it? Bernard, Bernard Horsfall, Horsfall, yeah. yeah. Who was a, a Doctor Who regular, and play, he's a great actor, and he's brilliant in this. He's one of my favourite things in this story. I'd like to just see a normal Gulliver's Travels with him in it. Mm. Well, he's dead now, so probably not. Um, it would be a bit gruesome. Static. Yeah. He's in the corner smelling again. <laughs> Um, What's that? But with? He, yeah, he's great, and of course there was a big, a big fan thing at the time. This was like again spoken of in hushed tones because every line he says is from the book. That's what they say, yeah. and it's initially not that, yeah, it, it, it is to begin yeah. with, but then rapidly it isn't. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. The, what they mean is 
every word he says is used in the book somewhere. Some. We, yeah, it's it's the old um, it's the old Malcolm and Wise, isn't it? It's like uh, you know, yeah, I it's the right notes. <laughs> In fact, but not necessarily in the right order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're that. in there but, somewhere. Yeah, but he he's great. Um, and then we meet. Uh, I've forgotten. I, every time I watch it, I forget these are in it. These dodgy bloody kids, oh. which are like something out of the Railway Children or you know those, those sort of terrible children's serials. Um, but we do get every time I hear it, I just I get one of my little quite mass uh, moments when when they they're giving him they saying the Doctor various sort of. Um, conundrums and yes. tongue twisters and, that. and it's like where was Moses when the lights went out and we all think of Sladden and the answer is uh, in the ruddy dark yeah. um, it's, it's, it's <laughs> brilliant that must have was that like a phrase in the 60s I guess it must have been yeah yeah. it's from Gulliver that the Doctor hears about this master yes. the master yeah. Uh, we've heard, we, we've sort of seen the back of his head by now, haven't we? And we've heard him. Yes, yeah, we've seen him in true Doctor Who monster fashion, where you see see bits of him, and he's talking to a commuter monitor, um, suitably creepy in that. I mean, it's not when we finally get to see him. The most frightening thing is uh, wipe the side of your mouth, mate. You're dribbling, but yeah, it's treated like a proper Doctor Who monster. We've seen him sort of cackling to himself and doing the old. Um, Sort of uh, yes, you've fallen into my trap, Doctor. Because he seems to know who the Doctor is. Do you think this is giving credence to folks' theories that this is the Master? Because that chuckle he does is is quite an Anthony Ainley type chuckle as well. I think you could. Although later on in episode four, uh, episode five, I always forget these five episodes. Episode five, they totally is not the Master, but you could with a bit of fan editing have this be the master and it it's surprisingly prescient and would fit because yeah he knows the doctor he does the, the chuckle he's he acts very much like the master would but i don't think it's i don't think it's a case of they were thinking ahead of the game and it could have been i think it's more a case of when they come to do the master they sort of used bits of this didn't they because mm. I, I, I can imagine them going um what are we going to call this new new recurring villain the master I mean, we've had the master before haven't we I can see that. Happening. Well, that came from Terence Dix, didn't it? And yeah, he was a fan yeah. of the show. He most definitely would have been oh, he would have, aware yeah, he would have of been this a big story. Fan of this, yeah, I reckon. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think there, there's a little bit of reusing stuff. Yes, yeah. Which is is no bad thing, but yeah, I. Do you know what? I I I can see why fans go. Oh, it's the master. I mean, it's, it's not. It's but, not because we find out at the end. Know. It's just some writer bloke yeah. who's been possessed by this. This computer, computer that we never find out where it come from. No, yeah. no, no, no. Um, so, I mean, that yeah, that's when we have the photo Jamie thing, and that's when the yes. Doctor realises he's in a puzzle. Yeah. Um, and um, we've got Zoe in a jam jar. Um, yes. And, <laughs> and Jamie, because, yeah, we've got Hamish now, haven't we? Hamish is now... Um, yeah, Hamish uh, is Jamie. Jamie Mark II. Um, and Jamie Mark II climbs a tree... And finds out that all the trees are actually letters. Yeah, they're words on a page. It's not very convincing, that model shot of all the letters. Uh, no, not at all. And none, none of the spacing on the studio floor suggests that these are letters. No. no. It just doesn't work. But, again, very interesting idea. They're, they're, the Doctor works out they're in a land of fiction. They, they're, they're now in a fictitious sort of universe. Which, again, is I think, I think there's some element of... of 
of being meta in this, isn't there? Where the writers are sort of going, yeah, these are these are all fictitious. Are we fictitious? Sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, I think there's some deep, clever stuff going on. I'm just not entirely sure that it made any sense if you weren't, you know, off your tits on some <laughs> substance. <laughs> yes, Peter. Because after that, that's when we get these clockwork soldiers. Yes. Come in. I I like their uh, the noise of their walking. That's yeah, I, I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's really atmospheric. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they lead them to a unicorn. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, yeah. They lead them to a pony that's that's been doused in whitewash. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, painted white with blanco. Yeah. Um, because that was filmed in an on an airfield, in an airfield hangar. That shot of the yeah. uh, of the horse. And uh, yeah, it wasn't white, so they had to paint it with um, some blanco I've, they had I've on got the base. Blanco up in the attic. Right, right. It's, it's horrible stuff. Yeah. Uh, the horn of the unicorn was uh, made by Jack Kine, and you can't really see it, but it's wearing a beard. Did you know that? Is it? No, I never noticed that. No. It's wearing a beard, which came from the makeup department. Why, so why is the the unicorns? Are they renowned for having beards? Well, that in thing? in this uh, fantasy world, yes, you have yeah. a bearded. Um, yeah, circus horse painted white with a cardboard uh, horn stuck on its head. What, what what gets me is none of this was probably abnormal for the the special effects guys. Was what it? a request! This, yeah, this request came in and it was like, yeah, okay, whatever. One times <laughs> unicorn horn. Yeah. yeah. One one yeah what, one times horse. One times unicorn horn. One times Type. gallon of blanco. <laughs> one, one times beard, beard yeah. for said horse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how episode two ends with with this yeah. unicorn running towards them, cue much yes. screaming from from Zoe. Um, but episode three, that's resolved by the Doctor saying oh, it doesn't exist yeah. and it, it turns exist. into a photo. Yeah. It's in a different studio. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the Doctor works out that if you deny if you deny that this stuff exists, it loses all power and it becomes two dimensional. Which yeah, quite a, quite a weird, trippy, clever idea. But the Doctor's starting to piece together, any that someone wants them to become part of this fiction. Mm. And this is an ongoing thread. Um, which, it, like I say, it, 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 <clears throat> it's, either, it's either very clever or very dumb. Mm. I, pull what you want from it. But I, I think it's probably very clever stuff. It all falls into place and it works, yeah. doesn't it? Um, so yeah, I mean, they go through all these cobwebs uh, to a house, um, and yes. uh, Jamie is shot yet again, isn't he? Yeah. So the red coat turns up again, shoots him in the face. Yep. Jamie's always getting shot in the face by soldiers. What's and this time, on? yeah, second go, the doctor gets it right this gets time. Gets it right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we got Fraser back. Yeah, because I like when he's doing the first one, he gets it wrong. He goes, "Oh, that's Jamie's nose." I wouldn't. Have. And then in this one, he goes, "Oh no, this is definitely Jamie's nose." <laughs> yeah, no, Fra Fraser's back. Um, so I'm presuming that the little bit before that with Hamish was filmed the week before when they were in the studio. Um, so it'd be weird to bring Hamish back for like two lines, wouldn't it? Yeah, it I guess so. I guess so. Sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ja Jamie's back. Or well, Fraser's back as Jamie. I love I love Jamie in there. I I I love Jamie anyway, but he's great in this. Mm. Fraser Hines is having a ball. Isn't he's he? having a really good time. I think they all <coughs> are because I think uh, Patrick Troughton and Wendy Papri they said this is one of their favourite stories really? that they ever did. Um, yeah, they are enjoying themselves, aren't they? 
Oh, uh, you can see it 100%. They're, they're having a bit of fun with this. Yeah. So they they go off into the labyrinth, don't they? They've got these tunnels and a ball of twine. Yes. And, and, and shortly encounter the uh, the Minotaur. Yes. What are or your thoughts on this Minotaur? An, an, the, the, the ugly garden gnome with a beard. Did they just have like a, a bucket load of beards or something? Um, I'm not convinced by this Minotaur. Well, there's a I reason always... why you're not convinced. Oh, right. Shall Is I tell it, you the reason? Well, yeah. Number one, it's rubbish. The head was taken out of stock. They had that oh, on right. a shelf. I don't know what... What was that it, from? I, God knows. But it's not very convincing, is it? No. But the other thing that doesn't make it convincing is that the person playing the Minotaur was Richard Ierson. I think that's okay. how you say it. Richard Ierson. Who was shorter than Patrick Troughton. Yeah, he doesn't... They, they do this thing where you see the shadow and then it cuts away to another scene then it cuts back and he's still on an attack. And he... Bless him. He's, he looks like he's like just swaying. It's like, yeah. not scary. Yeah, that's why you don't see ever see the Minotaur in the same shot with Patrick Troughton and, and uh, Zoe, because he was too small. He's tiny. <laughs> he's a wee fella. He's yeah. a wee Minotaur. Who's to say the Minotaur would be big and hulking? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you get the feeling, I was watching this and I thought, this is like the adventure game, these episodes, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, I hadn't yeah. thought about that, yeah. but yeah, it's very adventure game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because meanwhile, Jamie's gone off elsewhere and he's met Rapunzel. Um, yes. He's climbed up what he thinks. That's right, he goes outside, doesn't yeah, he? That's yeah. Phil, he had, Phil he down a, in Sussex. Yeah, he had a bit of a hot flush, didn't he, old Fraser Hines, with the actress that plays Rapunzel. Didn't he, quite, with pretty much smitten. every female? Yeah, any, any female in the cast. Yeah. Bless him. Um, she's very good. I don't know who she is, but she's very good as Rapunzel. Um, but yeah, he... he because we, we start to, as an audience, you start to think, okay, it's a world of fiction, but it's all, it's all English and fiction, isn't it? And it makes sense at the end, but you're thinking, why, why is it all stuff we know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what I thought was good as well, because the, the, there's a, a, an overview map of the Minotaur's maze, and it's a brain, isn't it? It's a, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it, the, they're sort of saying, we, we need to get to the centre of this, and, and it's like, it's like... Is this all in a doctor's head? Are they get, are they journeying into his brain, into his imagination? Well, maybe. Could be. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he he escapes from the soldiers by climbing up a rope. When yes. he gets to the top, he finds out he's actually at a castle when it's Rapunzel's hair. And when he climbs through the window, her castle is all very high tech, isn't it? It's not yes. a medieval castle. No, no, it's 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 again more sci-fi stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I do. I do like the um, almost Ghostbusters thing, and it where uh, she goes, "Are you a prince?" It always reminds me of Ghostbusters at the end when um, Zool asks uh, Ray, "Are you a god?" Yeah. Like, Jamie, just say yes. Yes. Um, if nothing else, you'll get a date out of it. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the very, very uh, dated talking about dates. The very, very dated ticker tape machine that Jamie oh, finds. God, yeah. Do you remember them? Do they actually exist anymore? I doubt it. No, they Outside were for stocks museum. and shares, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, it, it, and it's 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 shown as something futuristic. Yes. Isn't it? Because Jamie's like, what's well, it? And he's reading it. When did Jamie learn to read? Oh yeah, Who that's taught a, him. Yeah. I guess that's a missing adventure. Jamie learns to read. Yeah, Zoe. Sat there teaching him, you know, Jamie going, uh, uh, 
<laughs> oh, she would be a crap teacher. Be, oh, be, don't yeah. you? Can't you do that yet, Jamie? Yeah. She would. Oh, she'll be terrible. I learned that in my first half hour at school, Jamie. Yes. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm. And and by reading the ticker tape, for some reason, the ticker tape is playing out actually what's happening to the doctor as it happens. Yes. I don't know what the purpose of this is for and why Jamie is being shown it. I don't, I, I don't quite know why he's being shown it, other than I think it's to show us the audience. But I think that at this point, the master's plan is if if the doctor does what's written down, then it he shows be, he the becomes fancy. Yes, yeah, yeah, he it becomes, becomes fiction. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know whether this was a, a dig, because Pat Troughton, renowned for not following this, the script, and I wonder if this is a writer's dig of if the Doctor would only follow the script. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, he was, like I say, he was renowned for... He would do the gist of a scene. Um, and it was like, that's good enough. That just, the audience gets the idea. Um, so I think there's some sort of in-joke there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the... the the uh, I don't know why. Yeah, it's a good point. I never considered that. Why is the master showing Jamie to get him to read it out? Mm. Yeah, well, I'd what, have loved it if Jamie would have looked at it and gone, "I can't read." Okay. <laughs> and afar off, you hear the word "bollocks" yeah. as the master. Yeah, the master. Oh, bugger. Yep. Um, so, but why did I get the thick scot? <laughs> I wanted the girl in the cat suit. Um, he's reading what. That's happening to the Doctor and Zoe uh, because they meet the Medusa. Oh yeah, nice bit of stop motion there. Yeah. That is very unusual mm. for Doctor Who to actually have stop motion, um, and it's not I think, done too badly. No, I think it's really good. Um, I think that's. I put money on it that they said we need a Medusa head, and one of the special effects guys fancied a go at stop motion and said, "I'll do it," because that? that seems like a labour of love. Yeah. Well, it's really it's well done. The, I don't know if he's uh, animated it himself, but the person who designed the Medusa we see is John Friedlander, oh, right. who would go on to create the, you know, uh, the Draconians, uh, the Ogrons, you know, etc., etc., etc. What's interesting about this story as well is, like growing up, we had the Doctor Who monster books, and we'd seen all photos of these creatures. And, and we, I remember just knew, this yeah. photo of the Medusa yeah. and thinking. What that's a, that looks like something from a Ray Harryhausen yeah, yeah. thing or something, you know? It's, it's much better than the Hammer Medusa that was out at the same oh time. Oh my goodness, that, that that's that, awful. Yeah. That's a that's, a, uh, that's uh, a woman who lives next door with a wig on, with a fright that's, wig on, and that, yeah. that, that's Patrick Troughton as well. Isn't it? Yes, not yeah. the woman, not the Medusa, but he's in it as a police. <laughs> he is. Type he is. Yes, yes. So long yeah. since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like the start of episode four, which is when the Doctor's saying, don't look, it, do, it doesn't exist, yeah. don't look at her. But you get that arms coming. Yes, and, it's quite creepy. Yeah, yeah one mm. of the hands goes to Zoe's chin and tries yeah. turning her head. It's not head. what I would have aimed at. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Doctor's going to use a sword, but then he realises that if he uses a sword... Yeah. He's, he's he's going along with it. Yeah, he becomes part of the story. He becomes fiction. Um, yeah, I, God knows what kids made of this at the time. What do you think the kids made of Carcass? I don't know. I love Carcass. Carcass <laughs> is barking yeah. mad. The this is mental, yeah. And um, I, I don't remember... I don't remember in the year 2000 reading The Adventures of the Carcass, do you? In no. In the early telepress. Carcass. Um, car crash, more like. 
Uh, I love this. So it's Christopher Robbie. Yay! Yeah. It's our favourite cyber leader. Yep. Um, Here he I once is. had I once had a, a fanzine. I wish I still had it, and it was called Christopher Robbie: A Celebration. If anyone if anyone listening has one or remembers it, let me know. But it was a whole fanzine devoted to Christopher Robbie, and I get the feeling like this this group of two or three fans had tracked him down, and he was bemused at the thing. But the whole thing was just about these two roles great but he's um it's it's i think it's a super funny sort of sequence not bad um not bad uh uh stunts considering it's wendy pabry doing it it's all done in one take as well yeah 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 i mean so some nice stuff because normally we say that the the least convincing thing in doctor who is a studio fight Mm. because you've got actors that aren't stunt men and they're doing it basically live in front of cameras. But Wendy Pabry, bless her, yeah, she's doing she's doing a bang up job. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like this because yeah, he's a he's a the the strongest superhero from the year two thousand. Um, and Jay, uh, Zoe knows that if you beat him, he becomes your servant, and she just loves it. Don't she? she's having so much fun yeah. beating this guy up. This is ahead of its time, this carcass bodysuit, yeah. because yeah. you get these now. People cosplay yep. as Captain America, and you put on yeah, a padded bodysuit, yeah. you know, with all the muscles painted on. You don't, you don't on. think that was, uh, that was pure Christopher Robbie? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I saw that the carcass is a spoof of the Adam West Batman TV show. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It, it was riffing on that, but obviously can they can't get they too got, close. Yeah, can you imagine if they could have got Adam West... What, as the right. carcass? I'd, lo- I'd love to see Batman and Robin in... I mean, we've seen a Batmobile in uh, Doctor Who, but yeah. I'd love to see um, Adam West. Imagine him coming on. That would have been something, would wouldn't great, it? That would have been great, wouldn't it? Oh, my goodness. Um, so, they climb up, Zoe and the Doctor climb up to the Citadel, yes. although we don't see it, because they, no, c- they can't afford to do it, no. and they reunite with Jamie and Gulliver. We haven't said that all through this... Gulliver can't see the white robots. No, no, he because he's fiction himself, isn't he? So he can only interact with his own story, which is weird because he can interact with the Doctor and that. Mm. Um, but yeah, he can't see the robots, so we get lots of nice scenes of, of them walking around him and he's just like, what? What's going on? And yeah, we see the, the white robots again, finally tying this episode, this story to the first episode. Mm. Um, I've forgotten they reappeared. Totally forgotten they'd reappeared. I thought it was just the soldiers again. Mm. And there is a there's again another fan theory that the the clockwork soldiers are just the white robots, but perceived by Jamie. Oh, what well, being yeah, like he, British soldiers? Exactly. Yeah, he can He doesn't. He can't quite understand robots, which is a bit you know it's a, a bit nasty because he's met Cybermen, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, interesting sort of uh, interesting sort of theory. You can write anything you want into this. Yeah. Yep, yep, and people do. They do. Um, do. Yeah, and they're shepherded to to go and finally meet the master. That's when we see the master, this old boy, um, who straight away tells them that he works for, and he says, a higher power. Yeah, a higher power. Who who is this higher power? Uh, And and how did this higher power bring him from 1926? That's where he he comes from. More to the point, why? To populate the yeah. fantasy world, I suppose. Yeah. So is it because, again, I've seen, I've seen fan theories where they go the higher powers are the black and white guardians or the Eternals. And it's like, okay, yeah, you could, you can, 
you could make that work. But it's almost like they need someone to keep imagination and fiction going. That mm. without without this guy thinking up all these stories, they're going to lose the ability to to sort of imagine or to do fiction. It's so what was the place good. like before they got him? Then very boring. I Did imagine. they have a different author? That I reckon they must have been. Yeah. Who, who died in 1926? Yeah, and then they get another yeah, one. they go and kidnap this guy. He works for the Ensign, and they picked him because um, he had literally written millions of words in his time as a, a hack. Yes. Which, again, I, I got I to gotta think is a, a nod to the Doctor Who scriptwriters. It, it could well be, couldn't you know, it? Yeah. They're yeah. going, uh, if, if, if you write all these words all the time, it, it means, you know, it propels you into the level of genius, and that's, yeah. mm, that's a writer saying that, isn't yeah. it? Um, but interesting, he um, yeah he worked for the Ensign, and his most famous one was a strip that involved Captain Jack Hark. Yes, I thought that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll go and say Harkness. Go on. But no, no, no. Did you notice the the cover that he uh, where, where he holds the magazine up? It's actually Billy Bun Billy Bunter. Yes, yeah. Mm. What's, what's weird is um, how long's he been here? Well, we don't know when this is no. set, do we? No, no, we don't. So he was kidnapped in 1926, but he already says that he was a he had written millions of words and he was their best writer. He was a hack. So I don't think he's been here that long because otherwise, why would he still have a copy of his magazine in his yeah in his pocket? Um, and it's going to be a shock later on when he returns to his normal time. If he was a young man when they kidnapped yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to look in the mirror and feel like we do. Yeah. That thing behind him is the source of all the power, isn't it? That yes. is what's... Yeah, that's it's the It's referred to later as the master brain. Yeah. This big globe. Made by Shawcroft Models. Made that, by the way. Oh, right. Um, was that made for this, or was that... It, I don't know. It just says, mm. made by Shawcroft Models. Um, and they... He says the word they. They need man. Yes. An Earthman-type creature, the Doctor yes. says. Yeah, the Doctor's got to take over from yeah. the Master. I guess because the Master is getting on a bit now. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to last forever. I mean, he sort of says that to him, and they want, they want the Doctor to take over um, because for some reason they've got to keep this fictitious world going. Um, don't know why. Yeah, there's never any talk of like no. galactic domination or anything like that. What is no. this Master Brain yeah, doing what's all this it doing? for? Why do why why is it needed? Um, it's interesting that they that the, uh, the master says that they want the doctor because the doctor is ageless. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, yeah. But the doctor refuses. I'm not going to do that. And uh, the other two are threatened by being squashed in a giant book. That's yes, how crushed under the weight of a book. Yeah, and and they it's a are. Way to go, I suppose. Yeah, they they're turned into fictional characters, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, which is almost like brainwashing at this point, isn't it? Yeah. For them. But yeah, they, they become fiction. And yeah, the, the, the Master says the only way that they can be turned back is if the Doctor replaces the Master. Yeah, and then he can choose to, to write that story. But I, I think he's lying a bit, and because I think they would then be fiction. Because yeah. that's what the Doctor's worried about. Well, he, he is lying, because yeah. he, he, he climbs up and away, and, um, you know... And manages to turn them back. Yeah. So, so, and he didn't take over from the master. Of no. course, he, he's got to help Carcasses back, and Rapunzel, and yes. Gulliver, and those kids. Yeah, every, everyone comes back for a little cameo. 
Um, and then the Doctor, he gets into a um, climactic fight, which again is, is, is a lovely idea, a fight of words. So you sort of watch it now and it's a bit like, I don't know why they needed geniuses to do this because all the, you know, I could have come up with better ideas than that. Um, but it's, it's really nice. So like the, you know, they're, they're sort of doing the old, um, like kids would do one upmanship when you're playing mm. soldiers and, and it's like the master's sort of saying, um, his Cyrano de Bergerac, the greatest sword fighter, but his nose is worse than, um, throat wobbler mangroves from Monty Python, <laughs> isn't it? It's the luxury yacht. Um, it's so bad that nose. What, what were they thinking? Well, you can definitely see that yeah. that's a big nose. Yes, it's a big nose. Yes, yeah. Um, and but the doctor then goes, "Ah, oh, it's D'Artagnan," um, and it's all—it's really weird because, like, you and me are of a similar age. This was our summer holidays. All these characters, weren't yes, it? yeah. That's what we used to watch. There was like Three Musketeers, Cyrano yeah. de Bergerac, Zorro. This, pirate this was films. our yeah pirate films. Yeah, because the Doctor brings on Blackbeard. Yeah. Um, and then, or, or I think the Master brings on Blackbeard, and then the Doctor brings on like Sir King Arthur or Sir Lancelot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a really nice little sequence. Um, that it feels quite high budget because it's all on film. They obviously just film these sequences. Yeah, but it's not high budget because they've just taken the costumes exactly, out, of, yeah. out, out of the yeah. wardrobe department. Yeah. Um, it, this this is the ultimate bottle show, isn't it? This is yeah. uh, this this is uh, yeah. Just what what have we got? What have we got out the back, lads? Let's yeah. write that in. Right. Yeah. It's We're great. Doing. It's so so watchable. Um, but then the um, the 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 robots come in, and uh, they manage to trick them into shooting the master brain. Yes. The computer, and it get, suitably goes up in smoke. Yes. Um, but the, the world doesn't disappear. No, it no, and you you, you know the uh, the master is re released from the control of the master yeah. brain, and and becomes a regular guy again. The TARDIS just Appears, reappears, yeah. and it just stops. The story just stops yeah. there. It, yeah, it, it's not so much uh, an episode end as the story runs out, don't it? Yeah, because they they don't even take it. They sort of go, oh, um, we, we'll be returned to our place. And you, the master, you'll be returned to your place. Boom, and it's that's it. There's yeah. no, there's no next week on Doctor Who or anything like that. There's yeah, it no just stops. cliffhanger. Yeah, it's so weird. When when I first watched it on VHS, I thought, ah, oh, this is the BBC editing it. There'll be a scene after. No, it's just <laughs> ends. No, and that's your lot. Yeah, that's it. So we never find out what this master brain's ultimate goal was, where it yeah. came from, how it can make all these things manifest yeah. in this reality we never uh, revisit it it's never been revisited well it could, russell it could t are you listening yeah yeah there's there's lots of early stuff like this you could revisit and get good old stories out of this the you know celestial toy maker bit of imagination because well, I, I know they've done like it they tried to do a few air quotes surreal stories in sylvester mccoy's time but this is how you do it. Mm. Yeah, you know I mean, with no money, no money whatsoever. Yeah, this was um, this was literally thrown together. Yep, yep. Okay, doke. So that's the mind robber over. Mm. Um, I've been I've been giving you snippets of information all the way through, so I don't have a behind the scenes section today. 
and we've got no Earth date because we don't know when on Earth this is going on, do we? No, well, we know he came from 1926, but yeah, but that we don't see that. No, yeah, but not, this is a different reality, so I don't think there is a time. I think yeah, it's timeless. There you go. Timeless and budgetless. Yes. All right. So I thought for our adversaries today, I thought we would uh, we would rate the master. Yep. Uh, the white robots. Um, the robot soldiers, yep. the master brain, and carcass. Let's have carcass as well, oh, shall we? Not surrounded by Rex nose. No, not the nose. Okay. No, not today. Okay, who are so we doing first? Let's do the master first. The master. Um, but, I mean, design-wise, <laughs> uh, it he, ain't much, a, is it? No, he's, he's weird. What's weird is between, um, between episodes, I think it's four and five. It might be three and four, but I think it's four and five. Because in, in episode four, um, the actor, he starts building up loads of spittle on his lips. Yeah. It's a bit off-putting. But he also appears to be heavily made up. I wonder what colour he was meant to be. I don't know. I noticed all the yeah. ink on his fingers yes, as well. that's He's nice Very touch, grubby yeah. fingers. But then in, in episode five, it's like the face colour's back to normal. So I don't, it's very, very weird. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just a Victorian... Old get. He reminds me. Something about this story is reminding me of the uh, the the story. Um, oh, the Blake Puckle Seven World. one. No, mm. the Blake Seven one, where you've got the oh yeah the the, um, the Dickensian character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Ultra World. Ultra you... World. Yes. No, no, was it? No, not Ultra World. That no. was the, the bald headed guy. What the hell one was it? It's it's the one it's that's the got IGA. Yeah, it's the one with the thorn. And you've got the Dickensian characters in yes. it. Yes. Yeah, that's the thorn one, isn't it? Which again, it, yeah, the thorn, yeah. Uh, again, that was the BBC just letting people loose in their uh, clothing cupboard, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. So same cause and effect. Um, now, I, I this this character, I thought this is this is how you do it correctly when they tried to do. You remember Popplewell from the Ultimate Foe, Trial mm, of the Time yeah. Lord, and that yes. was done really badly. And it's almost the same style of character. And I think it just get it shows if you hire an actual proper actor. You know, you get a good performance, but yeah, I, uh, design way it's really difficult to do design because he literally is just a. He is almost a, sort of a, a first doctorish type. Yes. Outfit. Um, uh, I, I'm going to have to give him a run of the mill design of five. I think. Okay, I gave him four. Yeah. Okay, so that's four and a half. And how effective is he? I think he's more effective in the early episodes when he's acting like a Doctor Who monster. When we find out he's not like, I do quite like the the the, the final battle. Um, I'm going to give him a six for effectiveness. He's, okay. He's, yeah. He's, what? He's, if it was the master, then he would get higher. But I I I think that's pushing it too far. Mm. Well, I gave him a five. All yeah. right. Okay. So so that's a five and a half. Um, so that's an adversary rating of five. He's got so so just average. Average. He's an average average adversary. Um, let's do the white robots next, okay. shall we? Uh, Design-wise, like you, I love this design. Um, I'm going to give him a nine for oh, the design. Okay. I gave him an eight, so that's eight and a half. And how effective are they? Um, they don't do a lot. No, they don't. Um, they are quite creepy, but they're, they're also... I think they're filmed... If it had been dark, um, 
I, I'm going to give him a seven for effectiveness. Okay. I gave him a six. You're slightly above me on every yeah. one of these scores so far. Um, so that's eight and a half plus six and a half is seven and a half. The white robots get a seven and a half. Uh, all right, the robot soldiers now, the clockwork soldiers. I, I like that. I think that because it is a classic wind up toy, very much like um, Babes in Toyland, you know, the Laurel and Hardy film. And um, um, I, I got Chitty Chitty Bang Bang yes, vibes yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, design wise, yeah, I, I quite like them. I'm going to give them a. I'm going to go for a seven. I was going to do six and a half, but I'll do seven. Yeah, that's what I've got yeah. as well. So we agree on seven. And how effective are they? Um, I think they're really effective. I love the, the the marching, the noise. Yes. It's like a, a reverb on it. It's great. As soon as you hear it, it's like, ooh. Uh, so I'm going to go up to an eight for effectiveness. Okay. I stayed at a seven for that. Okay. So that's seven and a half. Okay. So that is... 7.25 the robot soldiers uh what about the master brain this big ball with i'm, I'm surprised whatever that, that is this, in there yeah I was, well it looks like circuit boards and cotton wool um because it's quite a nice big old prop it is isn't it um, substantial yeah. and again i could see this on blake seven mm. very much so a sort of a, it's orax you know, big brother yeah but, yeah um so design, I, I think it's a good design. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go six and a half for design. Oh, I've, I've actually gone higher than you. I Ooh. think it's really, really good. I want to know what it's made out of. I don't know what that stuff is in there. I don't know if that's yeah. cellophane or what. Um, so I gave it an eight. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so that is seven point two five in design. And how effective is this turning ball? Well, we ne we never really. We never really find out what it is about, and it doesn't. It hasn't got a personality of its own. Um, I, I, I don't know what it's doing. Um, I'm going to have to give it a run of the mill five for effective. Snap. That's exactly what I put. Yep. Okay. So add that and that together, and divide it by that, and we've got six point one two five. So six point one. Okay, for the master brain. And finally tonight, Carcass. Carcass. Carcass, Carcass. I love the Carcass. Um, Design-wise... It's barking yeah, he, mad. It's barking mad. <laughs> he is that weird... Is that an executioner's hero. mask? He, he it looks, looks like, like it. Yeah. He should have a chopper in his hand. Ooh, uh. Ooh, uh. Um, it would make the scenes different. I'll give you that. I, yeah, I. It, it's mad. I know a lot of fans hate the Carcass. Um... I, I quite like. I think he's funny. He's genuinely funny. And what is um, with that accent yeah. as well? I know. I what the hell? The Germanic weird accent. <laughs> the whole thing. I'd like to see some adventures of the carcass in the. What were these comic strips like? <laughs> Must have been mad. Um, so design-wise, yeah, I think it's. I, to me, this is a much better superhero design than Mysterio or whatever he was from that um, Peter Capaldi. Mm. Do you remember that? That's yeah. So forgettable. Um, I'm going to give him a seven for design. That's what I've got. Yeah. So we agree on seven. And how effective I, is he? I'm biased here because I love I love this performance. Christopher Robbie's off his tits. Um, <laughs> it's a great fight sequence. Um, he's got. He's, I love it. The fact that he's got the gun, and then the doctor goes, well, "That's scientific nonsense," <laughs> and it disappears. Um, I'm going to go up to. Uh, I'm going to go up to an eight. Yep. Yeah, well. Yeah. 
I snap with you again, sir. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. We yes. agree on the carcass. Yes, so uh, that's an average of seven and a half then. Okay. All right, which is exactly the same as the white robots. All right. Okay, so let's put them in their caravans then. So the lowest rating we got there was the master, yeah. the main adversary, with a five. He is sharing a caravan with the Crotons. That's about right, yeah. It's yeah. Sort of era, yeah. The Rachnos. Mm. Shockeye. I can see them getting on. Yeah. The Siren and Nemesis. You know, the statue oh, in a meteorite. Statue, yeah. yeah. That's a that's a rum old caravan. It's not a very exciting one, no. that, is it? Okay. Right, so next we've got the Master Brain with 6.1. Okay. And that would have been a better cyber controller, wouldn't it, than some of the cyber yeah. controllers we saw? Well, Master Brain lives in their own little caravan of oh, right. an alter oh, wow. alternate reality. First 6.1 uh, we've ever had. All right, so okay. that's that one. And then we've got the robot soldiers, the clockwork yep. ones, at 7.25. Uh, yeah, they're sharing. They are sharing with the Daleks from The Chase. Wow. The Daleks from Evil of the Daleks. Would you want to see a battle between the Daleks and the uh, Clockwork Robots? I think the Clockwork Robots might lose, don't you? I think they might, yeah. And Khalid. Who was Khalid? Khalid was the master's disguise. From, oh, the one with uh, the funny uh, yeah. funny uh, accent, yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We quite enjoyed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did. We enjoyed that yeah. more than we thought we were going to. Yeah. And, and then finally, yeah, Carcass and the White ro Robots. They walk down the uh, caravan park to number 7.5 uh, together. They are sharing with uh, the Gelf, the Raiders of the mm. Lost Ark style Gelf, Morgane, and the Cybermen from the 10th planet. They, the Cybermen will get on well with the white robots because ba basically yeah. the Cybermen are white robots. They'll be, they'll be comparing each other's uh, bits, won't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do the white robots still exist, do you reckon? I've never seen them at an exhibition or anything. Well, they looked so tatty in 68, yeah, didn't they? Did. they? they probably didn't. I imagine that rubber perished. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, it does look like they were being held together with gaffer tape. Yeah. Well, then. the BBC at the time couldn't do couldn't do um, latex or vulcanised rubber. They, they didn't have the ovens to do it. So presumably it was just slush-moulded latex, which mm. is, like, horrendously unstable. Yeah. Yeah, mm. and, and very perishable. Yeah. All right, that's that. Um, would you put this in your top ten? It's not in your top ten? Um, no, I don't think so. I always enjoy it when I watch it, but I think it's just a little bit loosey-goosey story-wise for me. Yeah. Um, I It 99% it works, but there's, there's that thought in the back of your mind where they don't know what they're on about. They, mm. They're literally just making this stuff up. It is commendable that they got oh, this yeah. done. I, I think it's astonishing that what was going on behind the scenes for this, A, that they got anything out, and B, that it was as as interesting and as entertaining as this, is just, uh, yeah, I, I buff my hat to them. This, mm. this, is, this is hack BBC people, and I use that the term hack not in a sort of pejorative sense, I think they were they they didn't care what they were doing they would come on and do something as a story mm. and it's brilliant for it you wouldn't get this now no at no other point in in bbc history would this have worked 
would would they have had that skill base just to completely make this stuff up from like say from whole cloth? Just yep, yep. Pull it out their asses basically, and it'd be different so time, wasn't it? Yeah, different different time. time. Okay. All right, and we're nearly over now. Then, so you need to announce who we're talking yes. about next time. Well, um, okay, I'll give you. A, you'll probably get this from this. Um, if we get this review wrong, we might make a tom tit of ourselves. Tom tit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't immediately. I thought that would be too obvious. So. Tom tit. Because yeah. this is John, John Pertwee, Pertwee we're yeah. talking about. Tom tit. No, no. I need another clue. Um. Have you ever wanted to see uh, uh, Benton in a nappy? No, nope, I'm still not no. getting it. Oh, um, we're Benton in a nappy. We're, we're going to we're going to be going down into the uh, the pits with this one, the Ingrid pits. Now that's the one that's on, uh, set on Atlantis. Yay! Yeah, but I've never seen it. Have you never seen it? I oh, have God, never the seen time, the, the time uh, time monster. monster. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Wow! Oh, Tom Tit, right? I'm with you now. <laughs> yeah, Tom Tit is the, the 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 sort of the um, the machine that the master builds, right? Uh, to to control time, and it's for some reason it's called Tom Tit. Yeah, right. I'm, Even I'm, the brigadier I'm, goes what? Right. I I know of this story, but I ah, right. I might have seen it back in the seventies, but I haven't seen it since, and I know oh, wow. very little about it apart from yeah, Ingrid Pitt is in it. Yes. And Atlantis. Benton in a nappy. Benton in a nappy, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh you got some treats coming. I think you'll have to get your uh, the down blousy count out as well. With well, it's Ingrid Pitt, isn't it? Yeah. There's Tom Tit there it's as a, well. It's yeah. in her contract, I think. Oh, that's interesting. I thought I thought you would have seen this one. Do you, do you own it? Presumably no, no. No, no, no. Mm. Again, it's another one of those when I've, I've, I've fancied, you know... Uh, building my uh, DVD collection and I'll be in HMV looking along something always jumps out before I uh, consider it you know well oh, uh, good one then so. yeah oh well that's going to be good fun um, yeah alright straight on to Amazon Prime then yep <laughs> alright hope it's still available for you yes yeah 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 yeah. well I, I, I told you last time um, I, I ordered one and I, I got it within about 12 hours so. <laughs> I, I don't know how Amazon do it how they do it, I do not know. No. All right, well, join us next time then, folks, for the Time Monster. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. A brand new Who for me. Oh, thank you very much. I, I envy you. You've got lots of Who to watch. There are, there are some still classic Whos that I yeah. haven't seen, um, and, but we will encounter them in turn. Yes. So, yeah. All right, folks, well, yeah, see us there for that then. Nice. All right. Cheers, Ian. Thanks, right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.